This is the Crit RPG Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Lit RPG, Progression Fantasy, and Royal Road. No, I did go ahead and, um, yeah, I did go ahead and order a pizza because it's actually getting late. Yeah. Um, here, everything, like, shuts at 9 o'clock because, you know, this town has zero nightlife. That's a good-looking hot dog. Yep. Is that a hot dog? Yep. Yeah, it looks good. I made, like, just something I really threw together. Do you have also, when you're sick, you got these cravings? My craving, when I get sick, I crave hot dogs. I don't know, anyway. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, kind of. Like, I, I crave, like, melted cheese on bread. Like... Be that, you know, pizza or cheese toasty or thing. But I also crave those things when I'm well, <laughs> which is why um, I have to go to Men's Big and Tall to buy nice shirts. Some people just build this way. Mm. I wish my, I wish my um, metabolism was actually a bit better. My metabolism is bullshit. I can eat whatever yeah. I want. And like, you know, um, you know, like they have mandatory military service here in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't pass muster because it was underweight. So okay. like, I was almost so underweight that they were like, if you weigh like one kilo less, we would have to take you and put you to the hospital right now. I'm like, okay. Cool. <laughs> See, I, I'm the exact opposite. My um, uh, my metabolism is slow, like everyone in my family. Like so slow, like you know, it gets out of bed half an hour after I do, kind of thing. Um, whereas, yeah, my friend, my assistant, um, has always had uh, a razor fast metabolism, like to the point where he just like spent his 20s and 30s just living on KFC. Like just every day. Just hmm. nothing but friggin' chicken nuggets and chips. And then as a rake. Like he stopped a few years ago, um, mostly because the KFC branch he went to closed. But The KFC what? Um, but he, yeah. Well, what what, what the, you the, oh, the, the KFC, KFC he went to? Okay. He went to. Mm-hmm closed but um but now he's in his like early 40s so that metabolism has started to slow down he said the exact same thing happened to his dad like his dad was always thin as a rake and then you know he hit 40 and you know 40 hits back um so you know the paunch starts to develop yeah i'm I'm doing but his 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 metabolism has always been so fast like that he just can't sleep properly Mm -hmm. like he just yeah I don't know how much of it's metabolism and how much of it is just weird and won't go to a sleep doctor, but, um, but yeah, he's like, whereas, you know, I've, I can sleep anywhere. Like I have discovered that I, um, have the good fortune of traveling extremely well, mm-hmm. like, because I, you're asking about like times and stuff for writing. Cause I write at essentially random times, mm-hmm. like in a week I might get up, one day at 11 a.m., another day at 11 p.m., and then she'd get up and go to work. Okay. Um, 
Uh, and living on that kind of schedule makes it very good if I happen to have like a 2 a.m. Zoom meeting with someone in Los Angeles mm. or um, uh, and it, it makes me immune to jet lag, mm. Mm. Uh, which is fantastic. So when we went to Atlanta, went dra- I wandered off to Dragon Con. Mm. Everyone else passed out in the hotel for a day because we'd been traveling for like 30 hours. I can also sleep just about anywhere, so I slept for most of those 30 hours. I never thought about that, that mm. um, metabolism like also affects sleep schedule. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of a factor it is. I mean, it could be that my sample size is two mm. and I'm completely reading into um, something that's not real. This always happens when I do my podcast. Some random package yeah. arrives. For me, it's usually board games. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I have far too many board games. I just finally got my game table after, like, three years today. You well, need a Cloud Palace. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I'm, I, I very rarely use violence. haven't really in years. Um, and, and my inclinations have always been to exploit those that trust me and ambush some... <laughs> Like, I was playing a game of cards. It was like canasta. It was, I forget what it was, but it was a trick-taking game where you're partnered with a person mm-hmm. across from you. Mm-hmm. This was many years ago, but um, and it was at school in the cafeteria. And, um, and I realized that two of the people were cheating. They were just, like, sending quiet signals they were not meant to be sending, and they were just, mm-hmm. yeah, cheating, taking turns to get the win um, by helping each other out. So I realized they were doing this. So I just said to him, can you just lean back in your chair real quick? And he's like, okay. And I just grabbed a calculator that was sitting on the table, just lifted up and threw it right into his nose. (laughs) See, it's that combination of trust and ambush. (laughs) Curse your sudden yet inevitable betrayal. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh, this is great. At least he deserved it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, that was Good a guy. That was a well calculated strike. Yes. Oh yeah, cuz you know, uh, anyone who witnessed that um would not just sort of, you know, if I asked them to lean back in their chair, they're like, "Why?" <laughs> cuz you know, you, you can't go to that well too often. <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. So, you know, yeah, you, you have to choose your moments and yeah. If you're going to be devious and horrendous to your friends then yeah you have to pick your moment right exactly just once you can can do it once have Mm. you read um tanking hits no it's a it's a wonderful story it's better than it has any right to be and it's called tanking hits colon i level up when i get punched on the balls it is (laughs) it is amazing i swear to god like it's written by um, <laughs> by Dragon of Rochester. She was on the show. That's how I how I learned how this okay. story's existence. And she she writes really well and edits a lot, but it, it has pictures. It's super well written. The characters are super relatable, and the main character basically gets cursed that he can only level up if he gets hit in the balls, and he has to hit <sighs> level three hundred <laughs> to survive. Oh. That's rough. It's a story only a woman can write. I swear. 
Uh, or a very specific band. Yes, that is also very true. And it starts off easy, where it's like wasps. But as soon as he meets like the first zebra, you're like, how? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good story. I mean, I'm not the boss of your time, but you can do yeah, it. Yeah, no, that'd be, oh, yeah. It's like, what, what do I have to fight next? A unicorn. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not gonna work out for either of us. There's some like ancient cultivation cultivation technique, and uh, like he gets <laughs> he gets like crotch uh, crotch armor and shit. So <laughs> it's it's really good. Yeah, and like the the premise is, is extremely silly, but the story around it it's still good, which is, which I yeah. like a lot. I um yeah, because I'm a big advocate of that. Mm-hmm. as a concept like um like plots and ideas there's not that much new i mean mm-hmm. there's you know new ways to put elements together and you know make a bit of a twist mm-hmm. but um an idea a good a, like a fantastic idea doesn't make even a good book mm-hmm. like it's it's I'd, I'd say 95% execution. Like, yes, yes, a good idea can make good writing mm. absolutely sing, yep. but a badly executed, fantastic idea will generally be a crap book, I think. And that's exactly the beginning of that book because um, Dragon talked to a friend and the friend was like, no, you have to have a good idea. And she said, I'll prove you wrong. Give me the worst idea yeah. you have. And he said that, and then she wrote that book, and it's actually pretty good. That's also how Codex Alera started, is, by the way. Is it, yeah, um, Jim Butcher did yeah, the yeah. same thing. That, that's how the Codex Alera yeah. started. Pokemon, but it's the Lost Roman Legions. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but, question. Mm-hmm. Um, you were mentioning the revision process, and it's something mm-hmm. I really struggle with, right? Because I'm writing the story, and now mm-hmm. only at the end of the story, the aforementioned 180K, I noticed, crap, this book doesn't work. And I have to go back and change <laughs> everything. Yeah. So how do you do that while you're writing so that you don't do that? Yeah, like, because for my series, I had a... One second. Um, Before we go into that, because I'm going to be a cruel, cruel man, and I'm going to cut this part out yeah. of the bonus material. And so if you're listening to this part. <laughs> oh, you scum. Yes. No, I, I am not you. I am not Zogarth. Um, this podcast costs a lot Subscribe of money. Subscribe to Patreon. Please do. To both Travis's and mine. Um, so if you listen to this, we just discussed or started to discuss, well, plotting and outlining and all that kind of stuff. And you can find all of that in the bonus material on Patreon. I think by now we're at two hours, 26 minutes recording. So if the main podcast is anything less than uh, two hours, then most of the more advanced writing stuff you can find on Patreon. There's a link below the video. Um, but what you were just about to say, I think fits superbly yeah. well in the main yeah. podcast. And that is, what's one thing that you've learned while writing that you would go back and change? Or in your case, well, just continue with what you're saying, basically. Yeah. Okay. So what I would change, I mean, I talked about that earlier mm. where the early, you know, depiction of the political views mm. of my main character, mm. I'd probably try and rework those a bit. Mm. Um, but 
you know, you can't regret too much. Like you should always be looking to the next thing, not the last thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was talking about uh, sort of how I constructed my world because I had I had a system that was more or less working, mm-hmm. um, and I'd sort of gotten to the point where I was pretty close to where the system is right. You know, mm-hmm. once I actually wrote the book, and um, I had some basic ideas for character. I had nothing on plot mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and not a lot of like world building. So that was, so yeah, I had my system and I had my character, I had very basic ideas. Like the idea of my two core ideas for the character starting off with was like a good guy with evil powers mm-hmm. and, um, and the concept of what happens when Crocodile Dundee meets Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> um because like i was doing isekai and i wanted to use isekai because i always thought like actual isekai as a concept gets underutilized for things like culture shock mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and i wanted to employ that as like the, the important tool because my source probably starts isekai but becomes more of a traditional portal fantasy mm-hmm. which often involves more sort of back and forth mm-hmm. But um, but I had those two ideas. I had, I had the system and my character. So um, so I start developing the power set for the character based around um, a couple of things. One, the idea of a good guy with evil powers, but also the idea of using the powers and the character to sort of work on theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of moral responsibility, um, questioning your principles when they're tested, when they fail, uh, when you fail and, and that sort of built up from there. But the process of doing so, um, was all about questions. Mm -hmm. So, and, and when it came to the world building, it really started with that system. And the simple question is like, what sort of um, society arises when this is the way the world works? Okay. Like it's, it's incredibly broad and needs to get significantly more specific. But um, so it starts off with answering that question over and over again. Well, it'll mean this, it'll mean this, it'll mean this. Like, so, you know, if magic is a balancing force on um, gender dynamics, mm-hmm. then um, for people who have magic, sexism isn't going to be really a thing. But for people who don't, those factors are still in play. Mm-hmm. So we're in a good, and I haven't gone into this a lot because my, it follows all the magical people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still, you know, more like sort of gender disparity um, amongst people who still who haven't sort of used magic to overcome those factors. That's interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, okay, so I've got escalating power levels. What does that mean for how a society is structured? Mm-hmm. Like, because if you've got someone at the high end who's more or less a walking nuke, like, what what happens when they tell the cops to go fuck <laughs> off? Um uh, because, you know, if a guy can throw the police station, the police aren't going to stop him if he wants to just take something or kill someone. So, yeah. you know, that's where you have to start building checks and balances and 
Um, you know, what sort of power structures arise around the people who have, have this magic and the methodologies by which they acquire that magic. Mm-hmm. And all of my world building essentially came out of asking and answering those questions. Mm-hmm. So that really is my structure. And then um, once I had all that, that's when it was time to sort of look at this and look at the kind of people that exist with power in this world. Where is my plot going to come from? Where are my antagonists going to come from? And um, and I got a lot of criticism for my antagonists early on, and I think a lot of that is fair. Like I was still like uh, in a lot of ways finding myself as a writer in those early books, but um, I'm still pretty happy with what they're doing because my antagonist for Jason, Jason was like weak, incapable in general. Not mm-hmm. you know he was more powerful than regular folk because he had you know magic powers and could do all that stuff. But you know um, he didn't have all his powers; they weren't that strong. Um, he got away with so much because he knew people who shielded him from the consequences of his mm. um, less than ideal actions and mm. significantly less than ideal manners towards people with power. Yeah. Like, you know, just Rufus Ramor and Danielle Geller just shielded him from so much crap that otherwise would have just been brought down on a hammer. But the antagonists you're fighting and... Um, uh, are two men of a kind. One's a crime lord, one's a corrupt official mm-hmm. um, who end up working together and screw him over quite badly before getting screwed over in turn. Um, uh, but these are people who are playing, actually playing with those gender dynamics that people who don't have magic are stuck with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Sophie as a character is a extremely... Um, beautiful woman mm-hmm. and she's gotten the attention of these two creepy men because she's also like strong independent you know mm. she's just um someone who doesn't capitulate by her nature if you are a friend of the kazoo ad you have to be very very strong now i regret to inform you that shirloon went and bought the tear that removes the kazoo ad from all podcasts and and now it's gone so you got Shirtaloon to thank for that on the other hand if you want to add the kazoo ad again there's a tear for that too thanks so much for listening and let's get on with the show and these are men who are all about um, corruption and control. Mm-hmm. So they don't even really want to possess her for creepy sex stuff as much as they want to break her like a wild horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the closest they get. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about power, not sex, mm-hmm. um, even if they're creepy sex pest dudes. Um, <laughs> but, first that's, yeah, but that's sort of as close as I got to sort of really delving into sort of the lower mm. class gender dynamics where um, I, you know, the, the essential solution to that is just give her magic. 
like you know which uh, essentially automatically raises her class status Mm -hmm. and removes her from vulnerability to those um, Mm -hmm. sort of class dynamics that she was previously subjected to so i need to need to ask because i'm losing the thread (laughs) so what was it that you were going to change okay so what am i going to change um I think I'd really like to strengthen those villains. Ah, okay. Um, I'm happy with my intentions mm-hmm. for those villains. Like the idea was, um, yeah, they, they were just sort of low, lower end villains who weren't directly going at Jason until they were, um, and they used their power to harm him quite badly. But um, because Jason wasn't a great hero, mm. his villains had to be sufficiently limited mm. um, in you know the way they thought, the way they approached things. Mm. And that's why I designed them the way I did, where um, they're both men like extremely driven by their flaws, their mm-hmm. need to control, their need for power, their need to break something that they are that they can't control and i like that a lot. um mm. and, and that very mm. singular drive mm. is what limits them and um i just i really would have liked to explore that theme more effectively than i did i guess so yeah really if i went back and changed something i guess i'd just write better <laughs> just, just be um, better yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just go back and you're just like, get good, noob. <laughs> this is your advice. Have you tried being yeah. better? Okay, thank yeah, you. Have you tr- tried sucking less? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I want to harp in because, um, I mean, I don't always get to read all the books of all the authors that I'm interviewing, but yours definitely I read. Yeah. Deep. Well, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's one that tends to get a lot. Like, it get a lot of traction on Reddit. There's... The the big ones that people like when people ask for suggestions, it tends to be me, Dungeon Crawler, Carl, mm-hmm. um, Primal Hunter, Defiance of the Fall, Mother of Learning, and what's that? Mother of Learning. Oh, yeah, Mother of Learning. Mm. Um, and I think that's a pretty good spread mm. because you go through those books, you'll figure out what you do and don't like. Yeah, and I, th- I think one thing that like, strengthening those villains would definitely do is it would give you that chance to eliminate one of the criticisms that that gets levied against you quite a lot, and that is that Jason never gets any pushback for his stance towards power, right? I think think he does, especially in that that sense that he's the crime lord and the official. They both really push back because they're not taking his shit. And I think Mm. that could be really cool. But yeah, I mean, I'm not not workshopping your book yet. Yeah, once they become... Yeah, I'm I'm going all mukbang here. Um, uh, as soon as they realize that Jason is a threat that needs to be dealt with, mm-hmm. they actually get on that pretty quick and their methodology is effective. Very much so. Um, and I did something very deliberate there in actually the thing that undoes them. Um, because Jason at that point is on his sort of descent towards becoming, you know, losing a lot of those principles, he had yeah. becoming mm-hmm. more violent. Uh, and unthinkingly so, mm. becoming more vicious. Like, this is not that long after um, 
like some guys just have a go at him um, in a shopping arcade of all places, and he just murks um, half of them. Um, but which I thought was a really cool scene, by the way. Yeah, um, but with him at that point, he's got a prisoner, which is a guy he could have very easily mm. killed, but he just didn't. He spared the guy, and that guy ends up um, being a henchman for the two guys who are screwing him over and they actually have him there because mm. they know that um, that he got screwed over by Jason, so they think he's he'd make a good henchman to help guard him at their secret location. Mm. But um, what they don't realise is that Jason sparing him when he absolutely didn't have to mm. had a large impact on the guy and he actually bolted off to go for help. Yeah, that was... Um, and, and, and once they realized that happened, they went to infighting mm-hmm. and, and Jason ended up escaping. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was very important to me at that part of the story that, um, and maybe this is something I would have liked to highlight better, but I do like bring it up from time to time because mm-hmm. it's something that's important to Jason, is that um, it wasn't an act of like grim violence or power, but an act of mercy. Mm-hmm that ended up as sort of the trigger for him getting out of that situation that would have been, you know, the worst thing he could have suffered because uh-huh. that would have been his soul getting taken off. That's pretty freaking, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, but mm-hmm. yeah, and the reason he escaped that was because of just an act of mercy he showed someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very good. important point of that for me. But, um, and it's also like you know, another way of contrasting him with these villains because mm. at that point they're employing some very, very nasty people mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. who do eventually show up again. So mm. the two guys who end up doing the kidnapping are um, the crime lord and uh, a crime lord henchman mm. who the crime lord doesn't realise is actually just secretly getting rep- ready to rip off his entire crime family and, mm. and, Fuck off and bugger around. off yeah. all his wealth. Um, which he does, and Jason eventually catches up with him um, years later in mm-hmm. Ramaros or somewhere near there. And, um, and yeah, at that point, uh, it becomes like, you know, mercy again because Jason's like the way he was back then, oh, right. he would have been breathtakingly vengeful. He would yeah. have messed this dude up because, you know, the guy tried to basically um, sell his soul. Yeah, um, effectively, and instead, but mm-hmm. but instead, he just yeah he he lets him go. I mean, he leaves him to the authorities. He doesn't just mm-hmm. let him go, but he doesn't and- take that vengeance because he's at a point where, um, you know, he's sort of you know he's gone to the end of that mm-hmm. sort of dark road, and and that's sort of one of the big signposts of him coming back from. And I do think that was the scene where he was like, I haven't thought about you for years and I don't want to think about you ever again. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I thought that, but that was, yeah, that was so cool. It was such a good growth moment. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Speaking of growth moments and uh, cool parts, what's one book that you love and tell me why it's awesome? Oh, one book that I love. Okay. So there's a science fiction series by Lois McMaster Bujold. 
uh, called the Volkosigan Saga. Mm-hmm. It's not lit RPG. It's not even close. Um, and it's a fantastic series. I absolutely love it. Um, it starts off like there's one character who's the main character for the bulk of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts off with two books that are actually about his mum. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just great. But the first one where he's the main character, mm-hmm. it's called The Warrior's Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's actually um, disabled. Like in the, the second of the two books about his mum, she gets poisoned in a political attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so he is actually born with like, um, stunted growth and very brittle bones. Mm-hmm. So he grows up learning to basically run his mouth mm-hmm. um, um, to confound people and get what he wants. That may sound familiar if you've read my books. Yeah, um, yeah. If you, if you, yeah, if you want to, if you want to see that done better, far better than I did it mm-hmm. um, before Kosakin Saga is that because. Um, yeah, the, and that character, his name's Miles Wakosigan, is one of the biggest inspirations for sort of Jason's um, constant running his mouth. He's kind of like half him and sort of half um, uh, the main character from Farscape, I guess. I Yeah, I think uh, one of the authors I had here, um, I think it was Mare Bear, also recommended that, that exact series. And he's... Mm, he, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, fantastic. It's very fantastic. And I think he called it um, Tyrion Lannister in space. Um, which, Sorry, what was that? Tyrion Lannister in space. <laughs> yeah, it is, a lot, it is a lot like, yeah, sort of early Tyrion Lannister. Mm. Like, um, like he gets captured by this woman who he's dealt with before. And she's like, if he says a single word, cut his tongue out and throw him out the airlock because she knows he's no threat whatsoever physically, but he will talk, you know, guards into letting him out and letting him take over the ship. There's, there's a, there's a book series. So I like Rachel Aaron. Um, I've read her books before I read uh, 2k to 10k, which is a great book for writers in general. I think it's as crunchy as you can get writing advice. Great book. Um, but the other one that I really liked was her Eli Monpress series. And that starts with everything in the world has a soul. And Eli Monpress can talk with these souls. So he talks a door, a, a cell door into opening uh, at the beginning yeah. of the book. Because he's like, wouldn't you rather like to be open? You know, like, like explore new things. <laughs> and it is, it is cute as hell. Um, and it gets very, very anime later on with like swords the size of mountains. It's, it's really cool. And that would be my shout out. So fair enough. Yeah. Thanks for inspiring me for that cool shout out again. It's cool. Yeah. All right. When you say anime, you mean like the big sword stuff and not yeah. like 14 year olds with like pneumatic breasts running around doing things they really shouldn't, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I meant that. I meant the, meant the gigantic swords. Yeah. If you uh, mm. if you want to read a fun little uh, idea about the whole harem trope, um, Benjamin Carey's Death Looting Vampires, insanely funny, read by Travis, mm. the other Travis, um, and uh, I, oh, I I found a secret. If you want to be successful in lit RPG, mm-hmm. you have to legally change your name to Travis. <laughs> 
I was, yeah, I was on a panel with um, like the Warforge guys, Luke and um, mm-hmm. Bryce. But I was sitting next to Travis Baldry. <laughs> and people were like, yo, Travis, and we're like, what? I can't know. Yeah, so they called me shit because, you know, <laughs> he, he was there first. Okay, so last bit of brown nosing I have to do. Mm-hmm. Your username is fantastic. Okay. It really is. I picked up your book because I read your username and I was like, that's genius. That's a funny book. <laughs> well, actually... Because um, when I was coming, it's uh, it's not a, an exciting story. Well, we got it. it was just a username that mm-hmm. I used, you know, online for stuff. But and people just really weren't using their real name on Royal Road at that stage. Mm-hmm. Like a few were, but it was very rare. Mm-hmm. But um, the other reason I went with it was because there's a lot of comedy mm-hmm. um, in my books. Like you know, Kangaroo quite Grim, but there's a lot of comedy. And it's often very, very silly. Yeah. But my title, which I'm very happy with because it evokes the theme while also being very literal. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, a Nietzsche quote. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that's, you know, telling a certain story that didn't promise a lot of what you'd get in the story. So by going with that, as a username, mm-hmm. I think that um, works uh, to also uh, help feed expectations into what yeah. a reader is going to get looking at that book. Yeah. Well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And let's get on with the show. So I mean, the second reason I picked up your book was because it was the longest book on Audible I could find. So uh, (laughs) I'll I'll tell you about that. I didn't think I'd do a longer one than book one, but book nine actually has a slightly higher word count. Yeah. I want to tell you all about that in a second. Um, but first of all, <laughs> shout outs. We were yeah. at shout outs. So what's one like shout out that you want to give? Um, let me think. Because uh, I'd like to see more sci-fi in Lid RPG. Okay. Like, because uh, I'm actually, yeah, I quite, I quite like me some sci-fi, mm-hmm. and I've, I've just been reading some. Um, I just read Twelve Miles Below. Uh, oh, I can't remember his by, but it's sort of this thousands of years in the future. Mm-hmm. The world's a frozen wasteland. Like underground, there are big cities, but there's also like um, robot armies. And on the surface, the robots don't come up, but it's really hard to survive. It's all a frozen wasteland, and um and um the first two books are very different from one another mm-hmm. uh and i enjoyed them both so i forget the author's name which is mark really arrows good. mark Ar- yeah thank you um god i'm terrible with names uh, the other one i just read i just read the first book of a series i think it's called titan hoppers 
Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. I've I I heard about that. That's um, not a railroad story. Yeah, it's a KU, right? Um, yeah, it mm. is. And the world building is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's this sort of fl generation fleet um, that's yeah. been going through space for so long they don't even remember being on a planet. Mm -hmm. Like much of their history is lost. Their own sort of oldest recollections are. Um, being on this generation fleet they've they don't even know how much of their ship works mm. and they've been sort of only really surviving because they've found these giant sort of alien spacecraft mm. that they can sort of limp it onto and scavenge for supplies but they're full of like heinous monsters that are obsessed with killing humans mm -hmm. um which is why they don't move fully under the ship and yeah the world building is really interesting as it sort of has all these mysteries ab about the world building mm. to dig through and um and it's very different from sort of a fantasy setting it's so explicitly um sci-fi while having quite often quite fantasy-ish mm. trappings but you yeah. know power armor's cool power armor's <laughs> very cool I, I think i think yeah yeah um uh, yeah, but I've been really enjoying some sci-fi lit RPG mm. lately, and those are the two that I've read and uh, really enjoyed both. Yeah, man, sci-fi lit RPG is is really cool. Yeah, like <sighs> I've you know because as as I go forward, like I I am giving thoughts towards my next project, <gasps> but it's still like years down the line because I'm I'm not actor, so I'm not going to be running two or three at once. I think I talked to. Uh, I think it was um, Mechanimus, and we coined the term to Raven's deck or something. And to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not that. No. No. Um, Which is no, a positive. Is, is a positive verb, yeah. by the way, just saying. Yeah, I, I definitely focus on one project at a time, but. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should, because I, I have so many ideas. Yeah. Like, uh, my problem isn't coming up what comes next. It's picking what comes next from all the things I would love to do. And it, again, it's um, time. It's the time. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's just time. Like, because yeah, there are multiple science fiction ideas in there. Um, I think I've pretty much settled on what I'm going to do, yeah. uh, and it is fantasy. But I've also pretty much settled on what I was going to do several times in the past so it will inevitably change before i finally get around to doing this you can but, do the um, you can do the uh, the off meta challenge the off meta challenge on royal world is great sci-fi mm -hmm. female mc has to have lgbtq tropes in there and you still get, need to write need to get to top 10 um <laughs> try that like with a different username you can't use your old one <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's a really cool challenge. You're just saying, yeah. But uh, uh, that actually does sound interesting because, like, one thing I wouldn't mind doing is maybe just like doing a one shot. Uh, oh yeah, like a one in in between, like before I sort of delve into another great big long epic thing of however many books. Travis, um, Travis, yeah. you're going to start yeah. that story. You're going to be like, yeah, come on, one more chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, except I'll have outlined the ending. Oh, oh, critical damage. Oh, 
Oh, natural 20. Oh, let's go. Oh. I wish I had all the uh, uh, the audio from Dark Ascension, where he's like staggering, reeling, about to break or something. Or <laughs> that would be cool. But yeah. Okay. Mm. So that was shout outs. Um, pretty darn good. Oh, my shout out. Um, my shout out on this podcast has to go to a very, very special story. And let me see if I don't screw this up. The story is called The Consequences of Meeting a Dragon. It is cloyingly okay. cute. It has an almost perfect rating at 1,000 something followers. And it is amazing. You should go and read it. It is great. The guy doesn't know that I'm shouting wow. this out. I don't know the guy or lady. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. But a uh, uh, super high rating and that many followers is hard. Yeah, let me let me, let me check. Um, mm, has... Yeah, because like my rating got up to number three, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think. And and I'm certain that only happened because um, uh, I sort of piggybacked on that mm. on the top reviews list um, and got a whole bunch of readers from like who weren't already watching the the trending or it's mm. rising stars now that sort of stuff i also uh, because like mm. once once people noticed i was there mm. um in comes the review going and now i'm like you know rated like 350 or something oh no <laughs> uh <laughs> i disabled my ratings i don't want to know i really don't want to know my rating yeah. um i don't care for me personally the rating is not for me the rating is for the yeah. readers. And the rating is mostly yeah, an indicator of, as an average Royal Road user, how much will you like a story? Yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I only see it every six months when I'm looking at stats for some other reason. Yeah. Because, you know, like, you know, I got to number three and that felt great because it was mm -hmm. super early. I was still looking for that validation. Mm -hmm. But now I'm at a point where, you know, I, I, I don't care. This thing, things are going very well for me. <laughs> I think so too. Um, yeah. So, okay, that story in question, 4.79 stars at mm -hmm. 1,234 followers. So, one, two, three, four followers. I that, think I'm going to screenshot that. So, that is huge. That is, that is really tremendous. So, mm -hmm. uh, 250,000 total views. And the story's been out for, well, longer than a year now. So, I think this could get a, get, get a bit of a boost. Cool. Mm. Um, if you listen to this on YouTube this is the end of the episode if you're on Patreon <laughs> you will continue to listen to this because I have no idea um, you can watch Travis eat my pizza <laughs> how about that um, so yeah check out my Patreon like, subscribe, you know the entire drill also the kazoo ad is not going away until someone buys it until someone buys that Patreon tier so thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time